This is the MLW Radio Network. Time to start your day the right way with front row material. Starring ECW legends Jerry Lynn and Mikey Whitbrick. Now, let's welcome your host, Mike Freak. Welcome everybody to another edition of Front Row Material. Of course, this is not Mike Freeland. He had some stuff coming up, so I am the writ, and I will be hosting Front Row Material tonight. And man, we have one hell of a guest coming on tonight. Uh, he's graced us with his presence before. Now he's going to be taking time out of his schedule once again to grace us with his presence and indulge us in his professional wrestling career. And let's bring him in right now, Mr. PCO. Hello. How Hello, sir. All right. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, great. Awesome. Feeling great. So I want to thank you for uh, coming on uh, again tonight and giving us some of your time. Yeah, absolutely. It's my pleasure. So, man, your career is still going and it's going strong. And it seems like you just keep getting better each and every year that you're out there on on the independent scene, Ring of Honor, and now in Impact Wrestling. I hope so because I'm putting the work in. Like, I'm trying to get better. That's the goal. Like, every day. I get up, get to the ring, go to the gym, and then trying to, you know, just do more things and be more uh, effective and more accurate and just just being a, a better wrestler, just keep improving. Yeah, uh, you know, Ring of Honor, uh, that was a big shock to everybody. Uh, so what did you think about the... The announcement of the doors closing and then re- redoing, revamping things. First of all, I kind of felt uh, that something was wrong because, you know, usually it would always uh, come up to me uh, during the summer, you know, June, July for uh, renegotiating. Well, the first year I signed one year and then I, I re signed for two years, but was just a different pattern where uh, I was I was watching guy coming in and and not getting uh, a contract and getting titles or being part of the one of the biggest faction and no one was under contract so I felt like okay there's something something is happening with Ring of Honor right now and you know we rolled during the pandemic different than a lot of other companies where they decided to go mostly south and having fans and uh, we we stayed in baltimore with the athletic commission the cdc guideline and we were very protective and i think in the long run it came back to haunt us in a way where we lost tractions of our fans, you know, they, they, they kind of got discouraged, the fact that we didn't have no fans, no reactions. You can have the best match in the world, but if you look at a match with Rock and, and Hogan and Toronto, which is a so-so match, you know, it's a great match because of the fans' reaction. It's probably one of the greatest matches of all time, 
because of the fans. So you take exactly. the fans out of the equation, your best match ever can be just a, just a match on the card, you know? So I think that was a huge problem. Uh, that's only my opinion, though. And I could see that something was coming. You know, I could, I, I could never... In my imagination, I thought, okay, what they're going to do now, they're going to go low budget without... That's before they said they were going to close down for four months. I'm so they, mm-hmm. they're going to go low budget, use a lot of new talent, guys from the dojo. Uh, they're going to become a real company that develop talent, you know, and they're not aspiring for a Stanley Cup or a Super Bowl anymore. Now they're rebuilding a little bit like the Montreal Canadiens right now. You know, we let go all our biggest stars and we keep the prospects and that's how that's how they proceed and they they they're gonna restart in april which is that's a great news i'm so happy for them but so happy for the wrestling business itself you know creating more jobs even though they're not going to be you know as as uh lucrative as they were before probably it's still going to create jobs and it's going to showcase good talent and it's going to put a show on TV. And and that's it. Just for that, I'm super grateful for that. And I'm super grateful for the three years that uh, I've wrestled for them. But I could see it coming. You know, something was going to change or something was going to give or something was going to be different. Yeah, uh, right before the pandemic, it, it was... The indies were starting to catch fire. Uh, NWA was getting really hot. Impact was really hot. MLW. The pandemic hit and everything kind of simmered down because of the CDC guidelines. Like you said, no fans. Yeah. Uh, what was it like going out there? Did you get to wrestle during the pandemic to where there was no fans at all? I wrestled full-time with no fans. I had, like, probably, I don't know how many matches. I had many matches with no fans at all. And I never, I never let, no, I always kept my foot on the gas pedal and I always performed like it was 10,000 or 20,000 fans. You know, I always put my all-time best efforts in every match. So, uh, but it was just tougher mentally, but we we were professionals, you know, like every one of them, uh, the whole roster, everybody uh, creative or executives, everybody was so professional that we did treat it as it was like it was sold out. So we, we performed, we weren't lazy or weren't trying to cut the... You know, some corners, you know, we we really uh, gave it all. So uh, just my hat to everyone there. Like, they, they work so hard. Everybody works so hard. You know. Yeah. It was, uh, it was tough. It was tough. It was tough because you don't get the feedback. You don't get the reaction. You, you, you don't feed off the crowd. And it's just harder, you know. So, so how do you sit there and go about putting a match together? You know, where you don't know exactly where it's going because you don't have that feedback. That's it. It's hard. It's 
you know, it becomes more of a, a chore, it's more chore, courier, a choreography than, than it is a wrestling match, you know, it's, it's more of a dance, you know, it's, it's tough because you, you try to anticipate how the fan will react watching the show on TV. That's the only gauge you have, you know, to to decide what you're gonna put on and go on with, you know. You you try to imagine in your mind the people watching it on TV. How will they respond to that? And that's that's how you make up your match. Yeah, to go back and think that WrestleMania, the show of shows, there was no fans there, you know. And and that was kind of kind of something that I felt was stolen from some of some of the like a Drew McIntyre. He was waiting for that WrestleMania moment and there's no fans there to celebrate his moment that he's supposed to have. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh you know, when I, I won the world title with fans and then by the by the time I dropped the title, I mean it was no point keeping it you know mm-hmm. uh it was not the same as prestigious you know so now that was no point because you have to still like perform and roll like it's it's full but uh you know like you said you know it's a little bit like you feel like oh it's it's, it's under the radar you know so that's how that's how it makes you feel. But being professional, you, you don't let that affect you. You still perform, but at the end result is what you said. That's the end result. That's that's it. Yeah, uh, and then seeing promotions, you know, they tried to substitute, you know, not having fans by having, you know, fellow locker room members around the outside. WWE went and piped in. Uh, noise and fans and before they did the thunderdome but it just wasn't the same because you know th- there's this, this different reaction the passion that fans have that brings to a match can't compare to piped in noise or you know your fellow peers around the ring they're still piping noise now with people <laughs> so so they became the expert on piping noise, you know, they learned a lot of uh, tricks, but uh, I don't think uh, it gives any more justice to the show. Uh, I don't think it enhanced the show to me. Uh, it takes away from the show. Uh, that's my personal opinion. But um, yeah, I think the one who did better, there, uh, it's the one who uh, like GCW, who, they kept on running with crowds, you know. Mm-hmm. I think when you look back, nobody died, you know. So, so at Ring of Honor, you know, you said you you've seen the writing on the walls of you know something happening there. Uh, what was the uh, the locker room atmosphere like at at Final Battle, the last show that they did? Well, nobody put it over. Like during every show, uh, the, the the I wasn't there because I had 
when I saw the writing on the wall, I gave my notice to mm-hmm. uh, Ring of Honor because I because I didn't know. I I I said to myself, you know, I can't continue to work where I don't know where the boat is going. So I sent out a notice. So I finished the show before uh, the finish on November 30th, and the final battle was uh, December 12th or something like that. But uh, 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 up until then, like uh, morale was good. I, I think guys were still expecting things to to happen, or they were expecting something to pop out, or whatever. So, but everybody kept their pretty much everything to themselves. Nobody were discussing loud, you know, the fact that, hey, what's going on? Uh, do you have a contract? You, do you have a contract? Like, nobody nobody was like, do you have something for next year? Have they talked to you for next year? So nobody was talking to nobody. So it was like like a big secret. It was like a huge, big secret. And uh, everybody was acting like everything was going all right. You know? So that's... That's that's how I felt. That's how that's my feeling. The whole thing. Everybody was, uh, I guess, expecting that things were there. Because there was a lot of saying, like, oh, we're gonna have like, the, you know, more budget. It's gonna be, uh, uh, be, uh, you know, uh, we're gonna have, we're gonna have more budget coming soon. So people were expecting that, especially all the guys that were kind of getting signed, but on a per night basis and not on the contract. And they were hoping for their contract. So I guess the other one that were regular with the company were thinking the same thing. Maybe they're going to sign everyone at the same time. So it was a big shocking surprise when they said uh, we're taking a four, four months break. Yeah. And as they say, when one door closes, another one opens and now you're you found a home in impact wrestling you know so with your experience and your and your wisdom with the with a young locker room like impact has uh there's a lot of talent there do they any of them look up to you and 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 try to pick your brain all the time well there's a lot of veteran and uh in that locker room uh there's a lot of also uh producers with a lot of experience so you know uh, i can bring my two cents but you know you got you got so many guys you know that that are veterans there lance storm just came back uh mm-hmm. for the last uh tv tapings uh he's just one of them but each and every one of them are like super knowledgeable knowledgeable you know they, they they know they know the business whether it's Dilo brown gail kim uh goes on and on and on you got so many guys uh tommy dreamer uh you know rhino chris saban uh pd williams so i don't see him there i haven't seen him that much You've mm. seen PD there? I haven't uh, seen him that much. Uh, not, not, not as a producer. Oh, uh, I don't. When think he so. was, I say when he was on our podcast, he was he he, he might have not been in the same role as, as he was a couple months ago. 
Yeah, he's probably doing like some bits and pieces for sure. Uh, but, but I haven't met him since I'm there. So, oh, but, uh, but Eric, Eric, Eric Young, Eric yeah. Young. I mean, there's so so many. There's a lot of veterans, you know, and, and uh, you know, be, uh, Sean Morrissey, Moose. Uh, there, there's some young guys. There's there, there's there's a bunch of young guys like Mike Bailey's and Hayes Austin and many others and and uh, Adam Fulton and and plenty of them. Like I think the mix is super awesome. Super awesome mix. I, th- I think right now it's one of the best roster ever for Impact. Like we're always trending uh, on Twitter. Uh, the the uh, ratings are way up, so everything is uh, going to to the the good direction right now. Everything we we do touch, you know, turns into gold right now. Yeah, uh, I, I love the storyline that they have uh, where they brought you guys in. Uh, was that always planned, uh, or was that something that was they, they tried on the to do spontaneously? No, I think it, I think that one great thing about this company is like everybody knows how to keep a secret. So uh, it was planned, but uh, not a word came out until the night. Uh, that it was revealed, so which is good because I, I I knew it like at least a month before I started, so it was uh, yeah, it was excellent. So uh, being in Impact, uh, compare that locker room to other locker rooms that you have been in. You know, uh, is it more? Is it like like a family? Like Ring of I heard Ring of Honor has been, or was it more like yeah. Oh, uh, you know, that's hard to say comparing a locker room because you know what changes all the the, the odds and that, that one thing that changed everything, it's your own self. Depending on how you feel or where you are in your life, if you're a young, cocky, uh, whatever, whatever I could say, describe uh, it to myself, 15, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. I would say this is not the ideal locker room. But if I'm laid back, uh, get along good with everybody, try not to ju- judge no one on whoever they are or whatever they do, and try to, you know, deal with most of the qualities of everybody has well i'm going to tell you it's an excellent <laughs> you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it just starts from you it's not the other way around it's not the dressing room that is shitty it's how you perceive the dressing room and my perception of this dressing room is awesome i mean i've a I've, I've great relationship with everybody but I'm not an asshole either, so you know. So it's uh, 
it goes both ways, you know. You can say it's a shitty dressing room. If you have a shitty attitude, of course it's going to be a shitty dressing room. So it's not a question of being in 1990 or being in 2000 or in 2020. It, it all starts from you, you know. You're the center for yourself. Mm-hmm. Not saying you're the center of the dressing room, but from your standpoint, you're in the center of everything from where you are yourself. Everybody's the center of their own dressing room. So everybody has a different perception. My perception with Ring of Honor was an awesome dressing room. And my perception with, uh, with Impact is uh, extremely good. You know, I like the vibe. I like the way everything is run. I think they're really professional. I think uh, they're really organized. They got great flights. They got super nice hotels. Uh, I think since Anthem jumped jumped in with them, Anthem is a super big company. And I think everything is very, very professional. It's... uh, it's, uh, I'm very proud to be there, and I'm very proud to be part of that roster and that organization. Yeah, and, and Impact has a lot of great talent. Uh, who would you like to step in the ring with if you had the opportunity to at Impact Wrestling? Well, well uh, Jonah, you know, who was with mm-hmm. NXT. Yeah, he's a great talent. I think uh, there's a lot of money to be made between uh, PCO and him. You know, the monster that never wants to die and that always comes back, and the other huge monster, super strong power lifter, uh, great worker, uh, and uh, so I think that's that's a good feud there. Uh, of course, Moose is you know my main target. You know, I think uh, the world title is something that I'm looking at for sure. And uh, <clears throat> there's, uh, yeah, I'd say uh, Jonah, uh, uh, J- Josh Alexander, if he comes back, uh, that's another good, great target. Uh, moves for sure for the title, you know like to get a shot at the title and I'd like to win that title and uh, just just create something special. Um, uh, Sean Morrissey is another, uh, you know, formerly known as Cass, another great talent. Uh, and and you, you have a bunch of guys that are super talented. Uh, so... I'm a big I'm a big uh, believer in when things are happening organically that mm-hmm. you don't necessarily uh, choose or pick one. You know, let let the people be involved and let the people want something that they will like. You know, so uh, when the people are asking for it, it becomes uh, organic, and uh, I think that's where success is. Yeah, that is one thing I noticed with Impact Wrestling. They actually listen to the fans, and when when the fans say they want something, they deliver, and and, and they give them that opportunity to see that. Uh, I would love personally to see you and Moose 
you know, go head to head for that title and, you know, make that money right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's always the goal. You know, you always want to, you know, uh, bring money to the, the company and draw money and draw good ratings. And you want to do good for, for the company that you work for and you want to be valuable, valuable for them. So, uh, I think uh, it'd be money right there because, uh, you know, I feel like uh, even though we're, we're doing fantastic as honor no more, And it looks like we might be having a technical difficulty again. Once again, I apologize. Of course, since Freeland's not here, I'll take full blame for it unless it's him working his magic. But, uh, hey, uh, Jersey Devil, I'll sit there and get to your question here. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, like I was saying, you know, I think uh, I think it's better when it, when it comes, uh, uh, when you're valuable to the company and then you bring your money worth it, you know, you bring that back uh, in ratings and then buy rates and uh, interest for, for, for a match that people are, invested in well pco uh there's a fan has a question here we're all familiar with your partnership with jacques rougeau over the years what was your relationship if any with raymond and they want to know if there's any good raymond rougeau stories yeah raymond uh raymond's like uh one of my best friends i i kept in touch we're not friends like in a way where we see each other every week as we leave uh we leave uh, far apart from each other but let's say uh, every christmas uh sends me a text or once in a while sends me a text when he became the mayor of uh of the city i sent him a text to congratulate him he uh he gave me a lot of advices in the, in the real estate world you know where i got involved at one point and i'm still involved very much in the real estate and uh uh it's it's all because of raymond you know he's, he was a good uh, mentor to me uh what to do with my money and how to to uh spend it like uh you know and uh, in a smart way and uh and uh just how to uh to act you know on the road and how to be uh uh honorable and, and to be uh proud and things like that and uh, uh, uh <laughs> he's, he's i i think he's just a guy who's really really fair uh, one time we we're traveling together he was doing the uh voiceovers uh, another voiceover is about the live commentary, you know, in the ring, like uh, he was asking, let's say, Brett some questions, you know, for different uh, matches. And I think it was for Bret Hart at that point. And uh, 
so uh, he, he, he said, do you want to travel? I got a car and things like that. So uh, we, we traveled together from town to town with the TV tapings. And then the, he's so he's so fair and so just, you know. So we're ordering like some food. And I'm like, he's like, we're going to split that half and half. And I said, all right, no problem. And let's say it comes to, uh, I don't know, uh, 43.94 or something like that. Well, you know, I'm like, I said, great, just chip me a 20, you know, I'll take care of the rest. And he was like, all the way to the pennies, half and half. So, so that's, that's, that's a great, that's a great one where, you know, Coming from Arnold, you know, take care of the pennies and the dollar will take care of them those uh, of themselves. So, I've I've learned that lesson with Ray. You know, he's he's really uh, fair and he won't grab an extra two dollars. He's very uh, how can I say that? Very very loyal and honorable. Another example would be. Uh, I see him one time, I'm going for a ring of honor, he's going for WWE, so we decide to get a breakfast together uh, at the airport in Montreal, and uh, so he pays for his, I pay for mine. I say, Ray, do you want my receipt so you can put it in your expenses? (laughs) You know, like Mm -hmm. a lot of people would do, and he says, no, I just put the real receipt in my expenses. So, you can't have a guy like more straight as an arrow than Ray Rougeau. He's he wouldn't steal one penny from Vince, you know. Like he's uh, and and from me and from you, he's mm-hmm. really really that great, you know. And uh, had the chance also to go to uh, some TV tapings in in New York with his own plane. And I did a few uh, press conference where he was driving his own plane and I wasn't uh, on board and he was like, he's a real good like pilot, you know, pilot. And uh, so uh, I've been in his, in his airplane, his own airplane, like quite a few times. And that that was awesome. And uh, I also, I saw him did some, uh, uh, you know, diving uh, with a parachute, you know, so uh, uh, landing on, a, let's say, third base on the baseball field during a, a softball game. So, it's uh, pretty, uh, yeah, that's pretty much uh, what I have to say, but he's a good fighter as well, you know. Uh, I don't have any stories in mind, but uh, he really, you won't uh, send uh back you know from anybody you know you you will go up front and the you know, he'll he'll go to a fight with anyone he's, he's super proud so uh yeah so basically sorry but it's a bunch of qualities that i have to say about him i mean he's, he's been nothing but good to me so i kept a good relationship with him and uh i'm very proud of that that's uh, that's something that makes me proud to have uh, to have a friend uh, who's such uh, straightforward, uh, a lot of honor and loyalty like that. So, very very nice person. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to find that in in a in an ideal per uh, friend. 
you know, loyal, trustworthy, honesty, you know, those are all qualities that, that you, I look for in, in a friend and, you know, you found it in, you know, Raymond. And, and, it, and it, it inspired me to become like that um, uh, because I say that you need a lot of discipline. You need a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you need to be like totally different from a lot of other people, you know, and, uh, it's very inspiring you know it's a model it's a mentor and, and it's a good one sometimes you can be deceived by a mentor so sometimes you can think oh this guy is a mentor or he's uh he's a good model for me and then you see a little thing a little action and then you get like oh that's kind of you know not what i expected from someone like him but i was never deceived by Ray in his action. So I know why I know why Vince liked him that much. Yeah, and, and, and it's something that you've seen in him and then you could pass it on to the next person and show them and you know have them learn the same traits that you learned from him. And also it shows that the wrestling business doesn't just produce bums and and, and people with no class or heavy drinkers or drug abuse or or you know name it you know mm -hmm. the, the, the 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 business got it's got a bad rep but guys like that you know and i'm trying to follow the footstep you know we're trying to make this business look the best that it could be it, it could look you know and and uh i think uh that's that's a real plus for the wrestling business, guys like him. Yeah, uh, I always said to say, if you take care of the wrestling business, the wrestling business will end up taking care of you also. I hope so, and I believe so, you know, but you're the first one who brought it up, and I'm going to keep it now. I'm going to put it in my book, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm going to, because I like to read my notes sometimes and, and go over, you know, good principles and uh, good quotes. And that's a hell of a good one that you came up with. I'm super amazed by, by the fact that you came up with that. And uh, it totally makes sense. Hey, uh, I, I appreciate that. You can use it anytime you want. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what are some future plans you have? Uh, I, I know last month you were... You wrestled really close to me at uh, PPW. Yeah. Uh, so you know, where else can we sit there and see you? What, what do you? What else is on your your menu for the next well, uh, upcoming year? I'm all, I'm all over the place. I do. Uh, I'm gonna do uh, not the next one, the following one in June. Uh, Pro uh, Wrestling USA with Frank Goodman. Uh, I'm gonna do. Uh, uh, I was supposed to do Joe Rogers in Pittsburgh, but I had to cancel because it was uh, during a TV taping with Impact. I have uh, Prestige in LA uh, coming up on the uh, next Saturday. Uh, I've got, uh, I don't know, I would have to look at my bookings. And I'm doing like two to three dates per week. So I'm all over the place, you know. Uh, uh, I'm trying to, to get as many days as I can. I mean, I mean, for me, like three to four, four, it's a bit too much. 
because I have a 13-year-old daughter, but three shows a week, uh, two to three shows a week, that's a good standard for me and uh, keeps me, you know, uh, in the game and uh, keeps me, like, seeing different things from different places. And uh, I'm, I'm a big uh, big fan of observing what's going on in the business and uh, not just from social medias or... TV, but also like to be on live shows and and seeing different areas and different promotions and the way that uh, people do things. And I look at it like that too, you know, like uh, when I first signed with WWE 1993 and I got signed up, I had a bad attitude and I thought, you know, now that I made it to the big time, I'll never go back to indie wrestling, you know. It's a small time, it's whatever, a waste of time, or this and that. Then I grew up, and I grew up, and now I was watching a singer like uh, Johnny Cash, you know, mm-hmm. where you could see him sing in front of 100,000 people, but you couldn't see him sing in front of 250 people. And now my mentality is, if you're really passionate about the business and if you're a true, real pro wrestler in your spirit and in your soul, uh, it's not the amount of people that counts, but it's like being passionate about what you do and really showing that passion. Where, when it's a point where, okay, you need to, to wrestle to get like some sort of money because you can't eat, that's mm-hmm. a different story because now I kind of feel sorry for you because there's something that you did wrong with your money or you there's something that was missing and and I look at it in a way where uh, that's kind of uh, it's kind of sad that you still have to to go on and wrestle and put on a show just because you need the next meal but if you do it like like I do, because you have goals and you have all the money in the world to be happy and to retire, but you're still doing it. When I say all the money in the world, I don't want to say I'm a billionaire, but Mm -hmm. I have enough to stop wrestling, you know, but for me, I haven't achieved my childhood gold. You know, when Mm -hmm. I was a child, I had goals. And for me, when you want to achieve those goals, you got to go outside of your uh, comfort zone. And you hear that all the time. Outside of the comfort zone is so many things. It's, it's also the passion that you have for a, 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 an indie show. It's also traveling like crazy. And don't get me wrong, I'm getting paid good money for my indie appearance, you know. The money's always good, you know, but uh, it's also it's also the passion and paying the dues, you know, in a way. But it's not paying the dues because I like what I do. But sometimes you end up instead of being in a Sheraton or Marriott, it's Motel Six, you know. So it's it's the passion, it's paying the dues, but it's also showing the passion for the business. And a little bit like Johnny Cash, that's that's one of the examples that I like to compare, but there's many other singers like that. 
that they didn't always sing in front of 50,000 people, you know, that they had like uh, uh, places in their career where uh, they had to, you know, they wanted to uh, wrestle with, you know, or sing with smaller crowds because it was intimacy, because it was whatever it was for, for whatever reason it was. And for me, um, I, I feel unachieved. And that's the only reason that kept me going. You know, I want to achieve what I had set for goals. And that puts a lot of pressure because if you ask anyone, when you're put in a position, a money position, when you're put on the main event, when you have to, uh, to you know, close up the show and uh, you're put on many different great positions that you always dream of doing, you have that comfort zone. It's not there. You you don't have that protection net under you. You know, you mm-hmm. by yourself. You need to trust yourself. You have to uh, have full confidence in, in 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 what you can achieve and 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 uh, believe that you can achieve what you wanted to achieve. And just that itself, my my add off to uh, rock to Austin, to John Cena, to Hogan, to all the guys that had been there, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, that, that for me, that's, uh, that's super important because those guys, you know, they did it and they had tons of pressure and they still went for it. They didn't say, oh, that's too much pressure. I'm going to stay home or, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons where a lot of guys get peeled up or drunk because the pressure is so high that you decide to auto eliminate yourself unconsciously. It's not even a conscious thinking. It's, it's so much out of your comfort zone. It's so hard to handle and to face it and to go for it and to face the outcome, no matter what it is, if it's going to be good or bad that you fuck your own self up saying, oh, but he was cut, you know, drunk in a bar or he did some coke or he was not there on time or he missed a flight. No, you didn't do it on purpose. It was totally unconscious. You were unconscious of it because of what it demands of you. And that happens to a lot of hockey players, baseball players, football players, guys that are put in position with so much stress that they they fuck up just because they don't even know why they do it, but they do it because that's the reason behind it. That's what I do believe. Yeah. You know, you, you, you touched base about you know, the indies. Uh, I've been to WWE live shows, and, you know, they're good, but I get more of a connection at an indie show and uh, i'm kind of curious what it's like on your end uh wrestling in front of you know 50 60 000 people where you hear the crowd but then at an indie show five six hundred people and you, you get to actually interact with the fans uh how is that for you no that's great but nothing is gonna Top uh, 70,000, 80,000 people to a forum or sold out MSG 
nothing's going to top that as far as adrenaline. You know, you're going back to your hotel room, you can't sleep for two days. You're so high up, you know, and you haven't touched any drugs, you know. It's just the way it is. Uh, but uh, but the fact that you can connect with the, the fans on a uh, on a indie show, that's awesome because you got a straight feedback, you know. Oh, I remember when you did that move. I remember your match with Brett. I remember when you did this. I remember your ring of honor title when you almost killed yourself because you slid on the car and you almost got knifed up you know so that 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 feedback is is also good and and you can tell in their face you know when they get a photo from you or they get to talk to you you feel that that energy where it's priceless to the fans and it become it becomes priceless to to me as well because you can't you can't have a a one-way direction it's like if if the electricity makes the ampule makes light well the light is gonna also gives you electricity <laughs> both it both it, it works both ways you know I I mean it's uh it's uh that's that's what's so good about it. it it's like when someone's happy it makes you happy so so i i really enjoyed that part on, on the indies so pco there's a question that i love to ask and i asked to all the guests okay i hope you're ready for the sats hot tub time machine if you can go back to in wrestling history to, to any match, take somebody out and put yourself in that match. What match would it be and why? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, I got a few, but uh, the one that comes to my mind, it's uh, Rock, Rock and Ogan uh, in Toronto for WrestleMania. Um, okay. Just because I'm, I'm so much about the atmosphere and telling a story, and uh, this is this is this is something that I'd like to live myself. So that's why that's why I'm saying that one. Uh, but but there's a bunch of other ones, you know. But that's that's probably the one that that pops my mind right now. So uh, we had one more one question from the fans. Uh, he actually is from Canada. He wants to know if you have any Canadian shows coming up on your card. Well, it's 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 tough. You know, I just did a tour in Calgary. I did three shows uh, about two weeks ago. Uh, most of the shows were canceled because of the pandemic. Canada was very different than the U.S. Mm-hmm. So I think there was a show on March 25th for C4 in Ottawa. I've had to cancel uh, both shows, two shows with the Man Lucha in Toronto. Uh, right now, they're started rebooking. I think the first one I might do, might, I might do C4, but maybe in April. Uh, so I'm going to see. Uh, the Canadian Canadian dates are really hard to uh, to know what's coming up next because. Uh, it's clearing out. It's getting better with the pandemic, but they basically had every restaurant, bar, 
and uh, entertainment closed for two years straight. Yeah. So PCO, I want to thank you for coming back on again. Uh, as my good buddy Mike Freeland says, is there any way we could get you back on sometime for a part three? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I hope to to have Mike with you or you two together uh, to interact. And I, I and I'm always open for it. And I, I'm very very uh, happy uh, and uh, had a blast. And uh, uh, hopefully I'll see you with Mike soon. Yeah, I'm uh, open. Part hey, two uh, for sure. I definitely apologize. Uh, him being a school teacher. He uh, he had the report cards, the parent-teacher conferences tonight, and he's like, "Hey, I need a favor." And <laughs> well, you can, you can't tell the boss now. That's awesome. No problem. You did great. So, hey, PCO, uh, do you want to tell uh, anybody where they can find you on social media? Your merchandise. Yeah, yeah my merchandise, merchandising, uh, pro wrestling tees. You know, I got tons of t-shirts with them. Uh, Twitter at PCO's Not Human, Facebook same thing, uh, Instagram uh, PCO's Not Human, and uh, yeah, basically everywhere, even TikTok PCO's Not Human, all over the place, and uh, yeah, you'll you'll have access to my uh, my videos, my thoughts, my workouts and all kinds of stuff and uh, also uh, one who's very important to me is my uh, uh, YouTube page uh, so subscribe uh, ring the bell and that's uh, PCO PR car wallet so uh, uh, yeah that's that's basically that's all the place you can uh, reach out with me hey we're definitely make sure, we're definitely make sure we, we plug all your places especially your YouTube page and yes. uh, try help you any way we can. Thank you so much. You know, you always do. And uh, uh, I really appreciate Mike a lot. You know, I got to build a good relationship with him. So uh, send him my regards and uh, tell him uh, I was very happy to be uh, part of the show with you. And I think uh, you're, a, you're a good, uh, probably, you know, I don't think you're writing it, but you're a fan there. I can see the wrestling fan in you. <laughs> uh, it, 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 it's, it's always funny. Uh, for, uh, Mike always sits there and has these, hey, I got to do something to uh, when I have to interview people by myself. You, I've had a, a Ken Shamrock by myself. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's like... You know, there's that little bit of the fan there, but you got to keep it professional. Yeah. No, that's nice. You did good. So I'm, I'm very happy. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you for stopping by, PCO. And uh, we will see you next time then. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Man, there we have it. PCO, part two. Freeland, what do you do to me every time? So... But, man, I, I love sitting down talking to the, everybody and just, just talking to them like they're people because that's what they are. Hear their stories. Uh, Jersey Devil, great question. Uh, but I hope you got some, some dates written down where he's coming to, to Canada. So, guys, what we're going to do is going to take a little, a little break. And when we come back, well, we have panel time.
So, guys, yes, we're doing the panel tonight. So, guys, let's take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to bring on the panel. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave me. shirt too sexy for my shirt so sexy it hurts and I'm too sexy for Milan too sexy for Milan New York and Japan Take it. And I'm too sexy for your party too sexy for your party no way I am disco dancing I'm a model, you know what I mean, and I do my little turn on the cowwalk, yeah on the cowwalk, on the cowwalk, yeah, I do my little turn on the And welcome back from our famous, famous commercial brought to you by Mikey Webrek. So, guys, it's going to be panel time here soon. And, well, first up, we're going to introduce him. He is one half of the Canadian Connection. He is a Canadian god. He is Mr. Butt. Hello. What's going on, Butt? Been a long, long time. Yeah. Been? Uh, I've been all right. Uh, you know, got some minor truck issues going on, so I'm in the market for a new one. 
Uh, outside of that, life is good. How about yourself? Uh, things are finally getting back on track a little bit here. Uh, you know, Freeland waits till 6 o'clock at night to tell me, hey, I need a huge favor from you. I need you to come back and host the show. Uh, he has school projects, you know, that he has to deal with. So I'm like, well, you've, you've held down the fort while I had my personal issues. And, well, it's time to maybe pay the favor. Nice. Well, it's good to have you back. Well, thank you. Oh, look what we got a comment. Well, this should be interesting. Oh, Jersey Devil says junk it at this point. Well, problem is, Jersey Devil, I still owe uh, $61,000 on the truck. I mean, well, this is 2021 after all. And you're having problems with it? Oh, yeah. It's been in the shop. I think today is either 14th or 15th time it's been in the shop. I've had it 12 months. Is it still under the miles? Oh, yeah. I've got uh, less than 10,000 kilometers on it. So it's like, I don't know, like maybe 8,000 miles. Oh, yeah. i got plenty of warranty on it. They just don't know what's wrong with it. So. Next time, buy American. It's a Chevy, you idiot. Hey, you know. So, anyways. Man, we haven't gotten any smarter since the last time I spoke to you. No, I, I I did get a message from Freeland. Did PCO get the link? Well, of course well, the interview. He tuned in. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad to see he pays attention to me. But here we go, man. Th this is kind of ironic. I get to have three Canadians all in a row. PCO, you. And then the next guest that just left, that's yeah, panel just member. Got better. So, but yeah, what is up with Freeland? Like, you can't tell me that he couldn't put it on, you know, on listen. You know, you don't have to watch, just listen. Well, maybe he's in deep thought doing his report cards and stuff like that. I don't know. Speaking of deep thought, we're going to bring him in. Dong Juan. Hello. Nice to see you, Rit. Haven't seen you in a while, man. Ah. Well, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. I, I, I'm catching up on the podcast that uh, that you guys have been on, you know, taking care of things. So how are, how are you and the lady friend? The, the, um, that's, the pod, that's the podcast I just finished up. Oh, fuck. It was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, doing okay. We're just talking right now. I've only seen her once so far, but... Uh, our schedules kind of don't mesh too well, so let's hope uh, let's hope uh, something will happen soon. Well, let's sit there and hope, but maybe we can sit there and have a uh, a live date. Like uh, Freeland's been trying. I don't know why. That's just creepy. Yeah, I don't you think know. I want to do that. But uh, no, I'll, I'll just tell him. But the Freeland just messaged me. Did PCO get the link? He messaged me at ten oh three. Well, the interview would be over by then. So, yeah, he's he's really on top of things still. So, nice. Sounds about right. So I am Dwayne. I I hear the name. I don't. I can't put a a face to it. But he has uh, any thoughts on last night's Raw? Have several references to Cody Rhodes, like dashing and smoking mirrors. Personally, I didn't watch Raw. 
Nope. Uh, second thing, uh, I am Dwayne, 514. If they even bring back the dashing Cody Rhodes, smoke and mirrors, I think it's a travesty. But then again, it is a lot better than, you know, uh, Stardust. Stardust, yeah. So, uh, you, that was you guys terrible. Are, uh, it, it, but but he went and did what his uh, what his dad did with the old polka dots, and said, "Well, we're gonna just go take it and run with it." And that's what he did with it. and made the most of it. So he he got to team and work with his brother, and you know he did what, the best he could with the with the gimmick. So did uh did everybody get the topics that Freeland sent out? Yep. Yes. Okay, good. Because we're not going to be doing over half of them. Uh, Great. So. It's a good thing I studied uh, up then. Oh. Uh, well, since we're sitting there talking about Cody, what is everybody's thoughts on, you know, Cody, the big announcement, him leaving, uh, you know, possibly going back to WWE, uh, possibly. Is this a work? You know, we're let's start with you, but what are your thoughts on the whole Cody Rhodes situation? Uh, it's not a work. I I don't believe that any way, shape, or form. Uh, I'm sorry to see him leave AEW. Uh, I don't see it panning out well for him if he does go back to to Vince. Uh, they're going to bury him. They're, I think. I think they'll probably make an example out of him. That's what's going to happen. They just did another shitty gimmick. Just had the job out to everybody. Uh, the rumor was it was about money. I, w- I was reading an article today. They were saying something about he wanted some cash, a, a fair paycheck, and some ownership as well, which surprised me that part. And they couldn't come to an agreement, so he left. I don't know. Like I would have sooner he stayed in AEW. I think that would have panned out better for everybody. Him going to WWE, I don't see anybody winning in that deal. That's just me. Yeah, uh, Dong Wan, what about you? <laughs> first things first, I, I got to say, that, that beard looks on point. Like, the lines, it's all lined up, ready to ready to go. Thank you. Thank you. Um, as far as uh, Cody goes, I kind of got into it last week, um, basically saying that... You know, like, it's not a work, obviously, because I was making a point of saying last week how everybody's conditioned to think that everything in wrestling is a work, and everybody's working everybody all the time. So Mm -hmm. I just think that's a lot of bullshit because, you know, my whole point was that they went to that extreme to put out press releases from Tony Khan, Brandy Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, and it turned out to be a work. The fans would just shit on them, like pretty severely, I would think. Uh, if they, if you went to uh, WWE, I don't think, uh, I don't think it would uh, amount to much, to be honest with you. Upper mid card, but I don't, I don't think he would be in the main event level. That's just my thought, though. Uh, I don't know if they'd necessarily bury him just to set an example because. 
he's a star and people do know of him that are into wrestling. But as far as outside of wrestling, the only people that would react to him would say, oh, Rhodes, does that mean that's his son? That's about it. You know, like, that's Dusty's son. So other than that, I can't see how it's going to be that big of a deal. Uh, but let's not just assume that he's just going to go to WWE. It might be a while before he even shows up there if he ever does. Who knows? Yeah, but me, personally, okay, this is my thoughts on Cody. Uh, AEW was an upstart promotion. You need name recognition to start said uh, promotion. Once you get so far and they're able to stand on their own, some stars are like, okay, I did what I could do. I got this so far. Now let's go to the next chapter of my life. And I think that's what Cody uh, eventually did. You know, he did what he could. He put over a lot of talent, you know, got over that TNT uh, title. You know, he helped Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen. You know, the, the two matches that come to mind with Cody was him and Brody Lee in the dog collar match and him and his brother, Dustin. You know, that was excellent. So to me, the only other thing that would have been better if if he would have did a heel turn, you know, gave the fans what they what they eventually wanted. He didn't have that opportunity. Now, say he goes and signs with WWE. Okay. Now you've got the a name, and Vince is Vince is gonna use that. Vince is gonna use, hey, he was in AEW. Those AEW fans are gonna tune in to see what Cody's doing over there. He might get a little spike in viewership, which is what he wants. You got a whole new marketable person. You got a whole new uh, line of merchandise that you can make money off of. And you're going to use Cody's name to make more money off of. Plus, you everybody that Cody works, most of them aren't there anymore. So you got a whole fresh slew of storylines to bring Cody yep. in and a, and a fresh lineup for him to work. So, but uh, any thoughts on, you know, what Don, Don Juan or myself has said? Well, I mean, it, it all has the possibility of, of in the truth. Um, one thing I would like to bring up, Boom just posted there. Any chance these guys hand in Ring of Honor? It's interesting. I, I don't know if necessarily... Is the case, but it is interesting nonetheless, right? Just, no. You think about if they brought him in, part ownership or something like that, kind of get him back on the right side and get running shows, could be fun. I don't know if it's necessarily going to happen, but fun to think about. Yeah, it, it, I, I kind of like the thing on Twitter I've seen. Uh, it was five pictures, and, and, and they said, all these people are free agent, or are they planning to start a company? It was Cody, Shane McMahon, uh, Jeff Jarrett, Eric Bischoff, and there was a fifth one. Or maybe it was four. But, you know, j j just the, the money with Shane... You know, and, and I'm sure Shane could get plenty of backers. 
you know, Eric, then you have Cody, and then uh, Jeff, you know, they all tried to, at one point in time, either ran or start their own promotion. So don't let Bischoff or Jarrett take care of the financial decisions. You might have a go at it. But. So, uh, Dong, what, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, I don't think Bischoff did a bad job in a lot of ways, though, but that's just my thought. Brought him to profitability in WCW. Um, as far Sorry, as... Uh, I'm, I'm I didn't know. I never said you were in the first place. Anyways, Ring of Honor, um, I don't think he would be going there because that promotion has been bleeding money for most of their existence, as far as I know. Uh, Kerry Silken even admitted to that um, in his interview with Chris Jericho on his podcast and said, mm-hmm. yeah, like it's a, it was a losing proposition this whole time, but he loved the product so much and was so invested in it uh, that he, you know, I'm sure he, he minded losing the money obviously, but he thought, you know, it's probably the best way I can lose money because at least we're trying to put out a good product. So, you know, but there, I, I don't think there's much hope of Ring of Honor coming, you know, springing back up. So, if, if they were in a good position, yeah, that'd be great for Cody because then he would, you know, have a new promotion to try to lead. Uh, it didn't work out so well in AEW because the fans uh, turned on him just based on the booking. But mm-hmm. I can't, I can't see, I can't see anything going on like that in Ring of Honor. Impact, I think it's a little crowded right now. I don't know if that would work. And I don't know if they'd have the money to offer him that he wants. So I think, you know, pretty much just in my view, it would be like, you know, WWE and maybe New Japan would be the two top dogs right now vying for him. Uh, Go out on your own, you know, go do that for a while. And then down the road, if AEW is still going, come on back. It'd be uh, a reinvention of his character in a way. I think that could be good. Yeah, uh, the, if you want to go history or tradition, I would love to see him at NWA. NWA couldn't yeah. afford a, a contract size that he would want, but if they would, if they could book him on a uh, per appearance, you know, I, we're, we're going to get you ten dates, this amount, this much money. You know, I would love to see Cody uh, chase the title like his father did, you know, and then have that cultivating moment, you know, of capturing it. Uh, I would love to see him chase the title uh, with Cardona as yeah. the champ- as the champion. I think those two could have a lot of money uh, following the give and take, especially since Cardona has that horseman-like stable with Brian Myers, you know, Chelsea, where – they could run interference, you know, attack them and all that stuff and, and build up to a big money match uh, that would lead to Cody like Dusty when he won the NWA title for the first time. Well, they, they have a they have their their chemistry. They're close friends. Right. So they could probably put on a really good program, I would think. And, and if you really think about it, like Nick Aldis will get that title back eventually. And Cody mm-hmm. against Nick Aldis, I think that would be a good money match. Uh, whether didn't the fans work, would flock to it, I don't know, but you know, didn't they work 
against each other once before. Yeah, it was at uh, All In. Uh, it was yeah. NWA World Title match. Uh, that's where Cody won it, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but they had a good match. But I mean, you could you could you know go back on that history and say, okay, well, I faced you before, but you know it's a new day and age. Um, NWA is different now. Let's try it again. That kind of deal. You never yeah. know. I'd watch yeah. that for sure. Yep. So uh, next topic uh, we're going to discuss that uh, was Freelance Goldberg's legacy after Elimination Chamber. Uh, you know, what are we sitting there and thinking of his career? What will his uh, lasting legacy be after his last match against Roman Reigns? Uh, Dong, we're going to start with you. Uh, um, I've never been a big Goldberg fan. He is kind of the epitome of give him a real simple, quick match, a few moves, and execute. If you're doing that, great. No problems. Uh, even recently, we can look back to when he won against uh, Brock Lesnar. Uh, what was it? They, they went against each other a few times, but he won the title, I think, in like two minutes or something. It was, was just a, a quick... I think a Survivor Series. Yeah, something along those lines. Real quick match, but it proved a point. It was just like, boom, 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 and then just like it was over, and the fans popped, right? Mm-hmm. But you can only do that so many times, right? So nowadays, like especially with you know him against The Undertaker, it was obviously showing the flaws of how... Taker was his body's breaking down, and Goldberg, he can't work with anybody, right? And we just had to kind of look at it in those terms. Now, as far as the legacy goes, he was a hot commodity for a while. Uh, he was WCW's answer to Steve Austin, mm-hmm. if you really look at it. But if you want to look at him in the scope of how wrestling history is dictated, he's going to be a blip on the radar, really, because. I don't know. To think that he is like some massive player in the history of wrestling, you got to consider the whole scope of wrestling and then him, he'd be low. I'm not saying he didn't have a presence, but he would be low on the totem pole when you consider all the other greats. So um, it's just like I'm saying, I guess I would think just the quick matches in and out and dominating fashion. But you can only do that for so long, but that'll be his legacy, really. Yeah, uh, if you're looking at him as a as a wrestler, you know, th- there's a lot of other title runs that was, you know, a lot bigger. If you're looking at story, there's there there's he might be in the top ten just for the streak itself. You know, uh, I, I would have loved to seen Goldberg. And his whole story, because it would have been more believable now in AEW, where if you're watching one show, he's at 17 wins, and the next show he's at you know 23. But if you had him on on Elevation, AEW Dark, you could have built the actual streak instead of just skipping numbers, you know, periodically. Uh, his longevity of his matches, there's maybe only a handful that I can remember that were really good. Uh, Goldberg and Hogan was one because he had Hogan. Work, listen to me. 
I'll bring it home. I'll get you, I'll get to, you know, take care of you. Uh, when he came in and he worked uh, Triple H, you know, Triple H took care of him. Uh, you know, the second time or the final time he worked uh, Lesnar was a decent, solid match. Uh, when you brought up The Undertaker, even Goldberg said that 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 was him because, you know, he had he was concussed before he even went out there. Right. You know, which, you know, that's what the Saudis paid to see. He couldn't sit there and tell him no. Right. But then he, you know, look at the match where he, you know, he wasn't himself, which hurt Taker. And then the whole match was, you know, in my opinion, that was 10 years too late. Oh, yeah. So, but what are you th- uh, thoughts on Goldberg's legacy after Elimination Chamber? Um, he had his date where he was over like, it was over like Rover. Everybody knew him. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. hell, everybody was getting the tattoo he had on his shoulder. I mean, he was a big deal for quite a while. Uh, he's never, I don't think he'll ever be thought of as a great wrestler because mm-hmm. he wasn't not to be mean but he really wasn't he had a handful of moves he was proficient with them he gave you a great look and he dominated people because you look at him you think he will smash you because he looked like he could big man bald head goatee you know just chiseled and his moves showed or gave that perception anyhow that he would smash you at the drop of a dime so on that part, he was perfect for it. I don't think he'll go down as an all-time great or anything like that. But for his time, he was fantastic. The, the whole streak, which I don't even know how many matches allegedly it was, 300 and some odd, I think. No, was it not or something? 180, I 187, I want to say. Jersey it's Devil, you're, the, you're our stat guy. Hit yeah. me up with the number. He knows, guaranteed. But, yeah, I mean, it, that was good. That was fun. He's, But he's not going to be remembered of, you know, in a Harley race, Hulk Hogan type of thing. He's he's just not. His, he just wasn't that good, for lack of a better term. Yeah, and, and, and to think the, the end of his career, you can tell it was just for that paycheck. Like, like I can see up until the point where, okay, he uh, he wanted to do it for his son, just have his son see him wrestle. But after he seen him wrestle at WrestleMania, he just did it for the paycheck. And he won one. As I say, he won one match out of his last seven. And that was a quick spear to the Fiend Bray Wyatt. Or was it? Wait, was it wide or was it Kevin Owens? No idea. He beat both, I think. Yeah, but 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 he won uh, one. He won one match out of his last seven. It's 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 ridiculous to to think that you know they jobbed him on the way out for no reason. You know, he was just that special attraction that you know Roman Reigns worked because it was Saudi Arabia. You know, mm-hmm. Vince had to have that big name guy on there. You know, he he jobbed the whole way out, and it, it, it's a shame to end your career like that. But he had shoulder problems, and 
you know, he's he's done. Uh, he said that in an interview that he's, you know, probably that would be his last match. And, you know, he's, he's taking care of his shoulder to get surgery on now. So, Dong, uh, you know, anything <laughs> else you want to you want to add? No, just just kind of like, you know, backing up both of your points that the showmanship was there. In the end, it doesn't really, you know, compute to uh, all-time great. But, you know, for, for a brief moment in time in the late 90s, that guy was on fucking fire, and he was WCW's answer to Stone Cold. Whether he was mocked for it or not, because he sort of had the same look, not entirely, but sort of, uh, you know, it depends who you ask, really, but... Um, I do remember some people walking around with Goldberg shirts. I'd see a lot more with Austin shirts, mm-hmm. but I saw some Goldberg shirts too, you know, so he obviously had somewhat of an influence. Yep. 173 and 0 was the official streak, Jersey Devil says. You know? Yeah. But yeah, uh, Goldberg is going to sit there and go down as, as, as one of the biggest attractions in professional wrestling history. You know? So, next topic up I want to talk about, I want to talk about CM Punk MJF. You know, uh, I was watching last week the the promo where CM Punk, you know, sitting in the ring, and he cut a really great promo where he wanted to sit there and say that MJF says he's the, the piper in Oregon, the Brett in Calgary, and it got him thinking. And I am really, really excited for this dog collar match between CM Punk and MJF. And MJF sold it perfectly. Came out there, and he was just, for once in his life, flabbergasted and had no idea what to say and just left. But... Did you see? Did you see the promo? And what are your thoughts on this match coming up at Revolution? Uh, I'm a week behind on AEW. Uh, I've been Whoops. following a little bit online, but yeah, thanks for that. So I, I knew a little bit of what was going on. I have not seen the promo. Uh, I think MJF's promos are fantastic. I think CM Punk's promos are fantastic. So I'm looking forward to seeing it uh, tomorrow night. I'll watch it and a dog collar match. I mean. Love it. They're always fantastic. Because you know it's going to be, this should be fairly vicious. So, and MJF, I'm a fan. Like, I'm I'm all in on MJF more so than probably anybody in wrestling right now. I think he's fantastic. Yeah, but me personally with, with this, they, they MJF and CM Punk are going to have a hard dog collar match. Because the only other, other one that was in AEW was... Uh, Brody Lee and Cody Rhodes, and that was vicious. And then you have CM Punk talking about the Piper Valentine dog collar match. They, if if they are talking and and want to sit there and bring that up, they have really big shoes to fill. And I am excited to see CM Punk and MJF in this dog collar match because I'm hoping that the anticipation I have doesn't lead to a letdown. But we're going to sit there and see. 
Dong, what are your thoughts? You see the promo and everything? I, I didn't actually see it. I'm the same as Bud. I'm about a week behind. Um, however, I can tell you that with those two in a dog collar match, I think we can all agree that that's going to be top tier. Um, Punk works his fucking ass off all the time. He takes a big nod to history, the history of wrestling. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's going to probably delve into some of that stuff in the match. MJF's a prodigy. He is, um, for his age, he shouldn't be this good. He really shouldn't. Just when everybody thought he was like all talk and that's all he could do. He pulls out some amazing matches, and then everybody's like, oh, yeah, okay. Which some of us knew already, but some people had to be convinced. Mm-hmm. So with those, those two going at it, yeah, it's going uh, to be great. I don't think it will be Starcade 83, because that was a fucking bloodbath, and I think uh, Piper lost his hearing in one ear or something because of it. It was just fucking brutal, but as far as... Uh, as far as the actual match goes, though, I'm I'm looking forward to that. It's the first mm-hmm. I'm hearing about it right now. Um, the only problem I have is uh, AEW's kind of proliferation of doing gimmick matches all the time. Now, with it being at a pay-per-view, I can make an exception. But it's been diluted so much on the other shows, just regular TV shows, having a gimmick match every week or every other week. And it really dilutes it. So I can give them a pass on the pay-per-view. But, you know, I'm really hoping that starts to get toned down soon. Because if you can't have two guys go in the ring or a tag team have a match and just sell it based on the match, Mm -hmm. that to me is a problem because then you're going to rely on the gimmick matches way too much, which I think they do. But that's just my thoughts. Some other people just love it. That's fine. But, yeah, on a pay-per-view, sure. Uh, weekly on a TV show, not so much. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm kind of along the lines of the dog collar match kind of fits those two story. MJF sure. keeps keeps running away. Let's let's connect each other. You can't run away now. Yeah. Type of atmosphere. I do kind of also hope that they have Valentine there uh, at ringside for this. You know, to kind of pay homage to him. Because, you know, if, if they're bringing up the, you know, that dog collar match, you know, n- no one knows it better than, than Greg. He was their firsthand experience. He, he was the last one, wasn't he, with uh, Brody Lee and uh, Cody? He was. Yes, yep. yes. Yeah, he's in the so, stands, so, yeah. Yep, so I'm kind of hoping that they give him ringside uh, seat for this one sure. to, you know, give him tribute to that. Uh, but and any more thoughts on, on what Dong or myself had said? <laughs> no, uh, the I hadn't thought of having Valentine there. That'd be fantastic. Why not? A little nostalgia. I mean, three of us grew up when we watching him wrestle. I'd be all for that. Why not? Something fun. Yeah. Maybe have him give some one of them a smack in the head or something. Something because you, if you're gonna have him ringside, you got to have him involved. Now, I'm not saying actively in the match, but, you know, they're brawling outside and he smacks MJF in the head or something like that. You'd want to have him involved to a very small extent, but just have him do something. 
Mm-hmm. Not be a major factor in the match, but just to say he did. I think that'd be fun. Uh, next topic I want to sit there and talk about uh, was one of Freeland's AJ Styles signs, re-signs with WWE. Uh, you know, were you guys surprised at this? You know? No. Uh, Dong, let's start with you. Not surprised, really. Uh, he is in the twilight of his career, and I... Some people may not want to admit that, but you know you gotta you gotta wind down at some point, right? So, I think he's positioned pretty well to ride out into the sunset, kind of like uh, Shawn Michaels did, because those two are kind of parallel as far as comparisons. A lot of people compare those two. Uh, AJ Styles, I think, in a lot of ways, is better than Michaels. That's just my opinion. I know that's sacrilege mm-hmm. to some people, but whatever, right? Um, I'd like to think that when he, cause he even said a while ago that he was just going to give it a, another year or two and not really perform after that because, you know, like he doesn't want his body to be just destroyed and, you know, he goes at a good pace all the time, right? He doesn't really, you know, fuck around in the ring. He always gives it his all, right? So you would have to think that he could position himself in kind of a role like Shawn Michaels where he's going to be backstage after he retires, really coaching the uh, coaching all the newcomers, giving them his tips and, you know, psychology that uh, made him one of the, the all time greats. I would think now he's, he's gone from TNA where in a lot of ways, some people would think he was a spot monkey, but he also had the psychology down. But he slowly started to lose that a bit, like the spots and everything. He's lost that a bit, but he's made himself even better in the ring. And it's maybe a little disappointing to some that he's resigned with WWE because they're, you know, they're boring to some people. But at the same time, he's set himself up probably for the rest of his career, uh, the rest of his working career, basically, to finish up there have a good role backstage, I would think, and really uh, coach the new kids coming up, even at NXT or something. I mean, having him backstage at NXT, Shawn Michaels and him, man, you can't get much better than that, right? So, I mean, that's kind of what I would do with him. Um, I just don't want to see him destroy his body much more than he has. I would like to think maybe go one more year, but that's that's just my thought. Yeah, I, I love the, uh, the AJ-Shawn comparison. Yep. Uh, Renegade's a huge Shawn Michaels fan. You know, I I always loved AJ, and we always yep. get those those heated debates of of who's better. <laughs> you know, uh, Shawn's always had that that you know WrestleMania spotlight. AJ hasn't had that, but he's put his time in. You know, New Japan, great matches in New Japan. Where I don't know if Shawn could get the same crowd reaction in, in Japan as AJ was able to. Well, Sean, Sean was also like big in AWA and in uh, Texas wrestling um, before he came to WWF. But I mean, that's slim pickings as far as, you know, compared to AJ, AJ had a very brief brief run in WCW mm-hmm. and he was like the MVP, basically like the ace of the company of uh, TNA for God knows how long. So, mm-hmm. 
it's not going to be fair maybe to contrast them in that sense because Shawn Michaels spent like since like 87 or 88 in WWF mm-hmm. till now. AJ Styles has spent the last five or six years in WWE. So not the best comparison in that sense, but I get what you're saying though. Uh, yeah, the, the overall work work is, is almost identical. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, and, and another thing I always thought was funny was like – Everybody wanted that dream matchup. What would have happened if Sean and AJ were in the ring at the same time? You know, if you if you put Sean in his heyday against AJ in his heyday, man, like or, or even AJ when he debuted in WWE at the Royal Rumble, like those two could have stole any show, any card, any any main event you wanted. They could have stole the show. They could have been the Piper's. Uh, not the Pit Piper, the Steamboat Macho Man match on any card. Sure. Yeah. You know, uh, but man, sit there and, and just to think AJ signs again, like you said, uh, he could, I loved it in an interview. He said before that he is glad he turned, that his wife helped him decide and turn down the original contract they gave him. Because, uh, he was offered a, a tryout contract to oh and 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 he decided to stay and build his brand build his name get better because when he he finally got that call he is the only one that i can remember to skip nxt and go straight to the main roster he was that good that's the thing everybody knew it yeah mm-hmm. yeah so you know AJ's earned every amount of money he's getting from his contract. Uh, I would, I would love to see him more in the main event, but I think his time in the main event is is done. Now he's just there to, to help the next generation. Because uh, I will, I, I would love to sit there and see see a, a, a him and Seth Rollins. You know, I'm I'm hope I'm hoping we possibly get to see the AJ Styles edge match that is rumored to, to happen, yep. you know, but AJ signing back with WWE, I think it's best for him and his family. You know, he, he, he could go anywhere he wanted to, you know, guaranteed anyone would have gave him a, a contract with any amount of money he wanted. But I think he made the smart choice to stay there in WWE, but what are your thoughts? Uh, definitely made the right call to, to resign. I mean, he doesn't need to be bouncing around all over Hell's Half Acre anymore. He's got nothing left to prove. Right? So he stays in WWE. Uh, how many years did he sign for? Is, does anybody know? I thought he signed a couple months ago, to be honest with you. I, I didn't know he just resigned. I thought uh, this was a while ago. I'm going off of what Freeland, uh, Freeland met. For the topics, well, that's a mistake, but no, but I why not? He's got nothing to prove, he, he's done pretty much everything, he's fantastic. No, he stays with WWE, rides it out, say he's got another two years or three years, I don't know what his contract is. And no, he's making solid cash, he's got to be, there's no way he's not getting paid well. Mm-hmm. You know, he's had a great run whether it was with Impact or when he was over in Japan. 
it's a perfect move for him because at this point he doesn't want to be traveling back and forth to Japan. That's he's just not. I would be surprised if he's interested in that at this point in his career, or just in his life in general. Right, so it's it's probably a fantastic move for him financially. It's a great move for him. He gets to end his career, arguably in the top federation in the world. Well, some people would disagree, but he's not here tonight. So, and why not just ride it out, get your last couple of paydays? They'll still push him. They're not going to bury him or nothing. But he's not going to be the at the top of the heap. He won't be wrestling Roman or nothing like that for the title. But he's still going to have a good run towards the end, and hopefully he does teach the younger crowd you know how to be a damn good wrestler or just be a professional, right? Yeah, him in NXT, that could be dynamite if they brought him down there, and he could teach a lot. Right? So why not? It's a fantastic move. Yeah, uh, me personally, e- either either WrestleMania rumored match for AJ. Uh, because the other one I hear is Austin Theory. So either way, you're going to have a great, you know, it, it just depends on what end of the card they're going to be at. Him and Edge, you know, could huh. semi-main event a match. Or him and Austin Theory could open WrestleMania, you know. E- either way, you're going to get a solid match from them. So I'd personally uh, rather see him and Edge. That's oh. just me. That's what I would sooner see. So, next topic up is the rumors of Kevin Owens and Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania. So, but we're going to start off with you. Stone Cold's been out of wrestling for how long? 20 years. Do we want to sit there and see Stone Cold try to come back? Can he still do it? And what type of match are we gonna? What do we get between him and Owens? But start off. I don't want to see this. I mean, hey, I love Stone Cold back in the day, and I love Kevin Owens, but I have no interest in seeing this. If they do it, this needs to be a, a five minute or less squash match. I mean, Stone Cold was beat up twenty years ago when he left. I can't see him being in any better shape now. No disrespect to him. I mean, the guy's in great shape, but he's beat up. Jersey Devil says says 19 years, 2003. Him and Rock at at WrestleMania was his last match. Yeah, so I I don't want to see it. I have no interest in it. Uh, What are you going to get out of it? Where do you go? You can't have an angle from it because you're not going to bring – Stone Cold back to do a run of any sort. So is it just do you have him job out to Owens and then Owens is the king of the stunner now? Or do you have him beat Owens and well, what do you do with him now? So the guy hasn't wrestled in 20 years, comes back, you no, know, beats Kevin Owens, and then he goes back to his ranch. What do you do it with Owens? There's, there's no... It doesn't benefit any kind of storyline whatsoever. The only reason you do that is to get some um, uh, I was trying to think of the word. Just some mainstream attention, I, I guess. You no, know, A nostalgia factor is what it is. But it won't really help anything. It'll just be 
No. Either Stone Cold looks, gets jobbed out, or and that goes nowhere. Doesn't help Owens. He just becomes the king of the stunner. Maybe he could run some kind of gimmick like that. Or if Owens loses, he just got buried. That's not worth a damn either. He just resigned. Why would you do that to him? Yeah, um, I'm sitting there and, and kind of agreeing with you along the lines of you're you, you build yourself up for a lose lose situation. Mm-hmm. You know, Austin wins, Owens doesn't. Uh, Owens just lost to a man that's 57 years old with bad knees and a bad back. You know, to me, Vince, when him making WrestleMania into a two night show, is booking himself into a corner. Because he doesn't have enough big names built up for two nights, you know? So he has to try to draw those straws to try to reach, to get people to come back, to do these, you know, to fill matches on the card and stuff, you know? Jersey Devil sits there and, you know, says, throwing shit at the wall with WrestleMania being in Texas. Steve Austin returns Undertaker Hall of Fame induction, which we're going to talk about with our final topic. But uh, it's, it's it's true. Like, if you're building up WrestleMania to be two different nights, you got to take the whole year now to build new stars to be able to get a brand behind these new stars so when they are on WrestleMania, it means something. Like, I am dying to see a and, – and, and this match here, in my opinion itself, could maybe not headline WrestleMania, but it could headline SummerSlam. Call up Walter or whatever he goes by now. Gunther. And have him go against Roman Reigns. You know, that would be – you know, you don't have to have have Gunther win. You can have sit there and just have it be where he knocks Roman out outside and gets a count out win. You're building him up. It shows a little chink in, in Roman's uh, Roman's armor, but you get a solid matchup that people will be dying to see. Because I'm gonna still call him Walter, but he can sit there and and, and work any style you want. He can hit harder than almost anybody on that roster. And he could give Roman Reigns a believable run for his money. So, Dong, let's go Let's go back to, uh, to WrestleMania. Steve, KO, what are your thoughts? Okay. Uh, I don't see it ever happening. There, there's no way. Uh, Austin, he's probably had opportunities to come back. And I think he's just put that part of his life, you know, far away. And he doesn't wish to come back in that capacity. Um, imagine the injuries he would get just from the one match, just because his body isn't used to it anymore. Guy's pushing 60. So, you know, like, I, I, I wouldn't want to think how bad that could be for him. Now, if you if you look at say like ninety seven era Steve Austin and Kevin Owens, Jesus, mm-hmm. like just fuck, forget about it. You know that could 
almost be on the level of him and Bret Hart. Not going to say it will it would be, but it would be up there. Yeah. So if we're looking in those terms, hell yeah. If we're talking these days, no. Uh, it comes down to, like you're saying, that they, they don't have a lot of people right now that they can put in those slots for main events or for upper main events. And it's really evident these days because you have a lot of people uh, like Goldberg and, you know, people like that that are that are trying to be at the top of the card. Brock Lesnar can still go, so I don't totally put him in that scenario, but he's part of the old guard, right? He's He's been in and out since, like, 2003, I think. So mm-hmm. we really want to look at it, like, like in those terms, yeah, like, it would it would it would be good as far as selling out the stadium and stuff if they thought Steve Austin was gonna have one more match in Texas, blah blah blah. But not advisable to what I would see. Now, as far as what you were saying with like Walter, imagine him against Brock Lesnar. I would rather see that, even though I love Roman Reigns, I would rather see him against Brock Lesnar because those two would beat the living shit out of each other. And that would be just an absolute fight. Problem with that is you could never start it now because if you started any of that stuff now going into mm-hmm. WrestleMania, you wouldn't have the proper build. That's something they could have done potentially and brought up Imperium from NXT and had, you know, Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner as his his heavies right behind him all the time. Not that he needs it, but, you know, it's just to show mm-hmm. he's a heel. That would have worked. But they could have started that around Royal Rumble time and really started to build a matchup. That would have been awesome. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, not going to be happening, I don't think. So it's going to be kind of the paint-by-numbers WrestleMania we're going to expect, I think. So unless they can pull something really crazy out of the hat, I I don't see what's going to happen. Like, that's going to be interesting to me in the next month. So Yeah, well, uh, from what I'm hearing and and reading, there's – they're supposed to have two a big surprise on each night. Yeah, so, is is that just an anticipation to try to get you to to watch it? We're gonna have to sit there and see. Uh, and, and another thing, I, I, I sit there and why wasn't Walter or Gunther in the Royal Rumble? Why couldn't have he won the Royal Rumble? Well, cause they didn't put they didn't want to put any NXT people in there. It, he doesn't deserve to be in NXT, though. I I agree. I completely agree, you know? but and, and, he's part and, of NXT, and they didn't have any of those performers there at Royal Rumble. So, And and, and my reason I brought up Roman is Roman hasn't had that many viable actual opponents that, yeah. that you could sit there and say, besides, you know, we'll say a Cesaro, you know, where it, 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 had, it had a chance to actually possibly win. I, I'm not saying I'm not saying that it, Walter against Roman wouldn't be like mm-hmm. excellent, but just for me, the money match for me would be him against Brock Lesnar because they're both huge guys, they're both stiff as hell, and I think Roman's more about telling a story in the ring. Lesnar is mm-hmm. more about an attack. So if you have those two behemoths going against each other, holy shit, people would lose it if they saw that. Oh, Just because yeah. it would be completely out of left field, right? But, yeah, I get what you're saying about Roman, though. That would be an excellent match, too. Yeah. 
But what are your final thoughts on this topic? I want to see Roman versus Otis at WrestleMania. Yeah. Wow, you, you just lost all credibility, but I've lost that years ago, long before I met you, knuckleheads. <laughs> so, uh, but okay, we're gonna go to the go to the next topic. And I don't know if you guys, because I'm a week behind on you guys. Uh, AEW, uh, which I thought one of their best kept secrets last last week was, uh, or two weeks ago would be now, uh, the debuting of Keith Lee as the as the actual surprise. Uh, I never seen that coming. Uh, I love the debut. I love that he's in the casino uh, ladder match. I love who they have in the ladder match itself right away. Uh, Wardlow. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs. Another spoiler, guys, that you're weak behind. And uh, and Keith Lee, you know, so far. So what were your guys' – did you guys cover this last week, uh, his debut? Yeah. I think we did for Keith Lee, but – uh, I remember saying right. something about it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just sit there and talk real quick then. We'll, what were your thoughts about, you know, opening uh, show, opening match on the card and, you know, Keith Lee's debut? And and did you think his debut was impactful enough? Uh, but we're going to start with you. Um, I haven't seen it. Uh, from what I've read, didn't seem to be overly well-received. He was... He's not in the greatest shape right now, from what I've I've been reading. So uh, he had he had COVID apparently. So now some articles I've read saying he's got some breathing issues going on. So he's having some issues with that. Take that with a grain of salt. Um, I'm he's a great talent that never seemed to get pushed properly in WWE. So. Uh, I'm I'm lukewarm to him, mostly because I just haven't been haven't experienced him enough. The little bit that I've seen in WWE wasn't much. NXT, different story. WWE, he never really got over, and I think he's lost a bit of steam, unfortunately, right now. We'll see what happens with him in AEW. Yeah, uh, I'm sitting there, and I'm really glad to see him in AEW. Uh, hopefully. Tony Khan and all of them are able to go and uh, be able to use him to the best of his ability. Uh, I think that they now this is no disrespect to anybody else on the roster, but they finally have a man that can, I don't know how to say this, a black man to be able to push main event status. Where are we going? Uh, so, uh, I'm, I'm glad. And his debut match was great. Uh, he was able to show how he hasn't lost a step, how he can still do indie work and keep up with a smaller guy. And just be that presence. I cannot wait to see him in that ladder match. Because just remembering him in the NXT and the North American Championship ladder match 
was amazing. The things that he could that he did in a ladder match, a big man's not supposed to do. They're going to have to reinforce these ladders, and I can't wait to see this. Dong, what did you think about his debut? Uh, as far as the debut goes, it was pretty close to perfect as far as how it was booked. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a good opponent. Uh, I wouldn't want to think it would be anybody huge. So, you know, just so you can, you know, you get the odd move against Keith Lee and then he just beats the shit out of the guy, right? Like that kind of deal. Yeah. So it was good. It was good in that sense. Um, I, I just, I worry that he's going to be kind of like go the way of, you know, Brian Cage, guys like that come in with a lot of fanfare. Well, maybe not so much Brian Cage cause he didn't come in with a lot of fanfare, but like, you know, like Adam Cole, guys like that, that kind of like they but, start out hot. A Christian. Sure. Well, yeah, but Christian's kind of like, he's, he's like the veteran lending his, I don't know, lending his ear, lending his expertise to uh, uh, what the fuck they're called. Uh, Jurassic uh, Express. Them, yeah, sure. Um, but, with, you know, I, I just kind of worry that he's going to get, like, uh, you know, stuck in the same position that a lot of those guys do. Like, it's a big debut. Everything's good for a few weeks. And then, you know, just goes right down. Uh I, I think that out of all the, like, a lot of the people that have come in, he's got the most potential out of most of them because the guy moves like a cruiserweight. He's a big guy, but he still looks as good as he did in NXT, WWE, whatever. Um, and if he did have any health problems, it wasn't noticeable in that match because he was... He was throwing the guy around and moving like a cat like he usually does. So if he can keep going in that sense, awesome. I mm-hmm. just I, I, I'm not getting my hopes up at all, though, because I just see how the debuts happen with big stars, and then it kind of goes down. The only real exception being like Brian Danielson that I can think right offhand mm-hmm. because he's still kind of in the hunt right now, but if they don't play that up really well, it's, it's not going to be as enjoyable for me, but I, th- I think he's got the world of potential. I just really hope they book him properly. That's all. I, I, I kind of hope they, they book him kind of like a, an eighties, you know, like top star. How don't, so? have him on, don't have him on every show. Okay. Yeah. The, a little bit here, a little bit there. Uh, Cause I honestly think they oversaturate. Brian Danielson, CM Punk, yeah, uh, to, to the point where why are you on Rampage just to come out and talk? Come, like, like I understand you want to sit there and, and have their presence that, hey, hey, we're still here. We're part of AEW. But then you can – but you're taking those 10 minutes away from another match that could be on there. Well, you do have to sell the B show though, don't you? If you don't sell the B show – uh, with at least an appearance by someone you're real familiar with, there's a good chance they're not going to get a real big rating. And Rampage isn't drawing like great ratings because mm-hmm. it's the B show and everybody knows that. But and I know they're trying to put a bit of a, more of a focus on maybe some of the younger talent 
maybe the ones that aren't pushed as much on dynamite, you know, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's, that's fine, but you have to mix in some of that, some of the more established talent or you're not going to get the ratings and putting Danielson on every now and then on there. Yeah. I, I don't find a problem with it, but you know, you, you have to consider that if, if they did do what you're saying and they did put Keith Lee is kind of like, okay, he's the killer and he's on every few weeks or something. That's not going to be much different than a lot of people now because there's a lot of people that are only on every like once a month or whatever, and it just kind of dilutes them after a while because you'd be like, oh, that guy, I was really excited about that guy. Where did he go? And you can say that about lots of different talent. And I don't want to see him get to that level. I would, I'd be okay if he was on like every other week, but I don't want to yeah. see him like once a month. You know, because I think that'd be stretching it out a bit, but I, I get what you're saying. But I just think they have a track record right now of just kind of having those people that are, you know, oh, well, we haven't used him in a bit. Let's just throw him out there for this week, and then we'll figure out what to do with him next week. That kind of deal. You know? Yeah. Plus, because the roster is too big. That, too. They yeah. got too big of a roster, too many names. You can't push them all. There's not enough time. You know, they're, they're going down to WCW. Hole, unfortunately. Well, the thing with AEW, we don't actually know who's under contract as a a year, two year contract, and who's paid by appearance. Because sure. you know, mm-hmm. I, I can't see uh, Dan Housen have a, a year contract. I think he's one of the guys that's paid by appearance. You know what I mean? Well, he's signed though. That's the difference. You know, oh, is, is he officially he, he signed? Is signed? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I know he is. Yeah. Yep. Oh, see, but uh, I, I just there, there, there's a lot of talent there, and I just wish they would spread the wealth out because I yeah. remember watching three weeks of Rampage in a row, watching CM Punk come out to to do a do a Mick, Mick Foley slash John Cena promo of you know, hey, I'm I'm glad I'm back and I'm right here and you know, Long Island, New York. Like, what's the point? You come out just to get a cheap pop? No. I, I, yeah. I'd, ra- I'd, I'd rather sit there and see, you know, a, a Red Dragon Young Bucks main event or a Red Dragon uh, Lucha Brothers main event. You know what I mean? FTR. Uh, uh, FTR. Uh, like, mm-hmm. I would love to sit there and see, <laughs> see, you know, something like that to where, okay, you're you're using the talent you have and you're getting 10 solid minutes of a match rather than a cheap pop. So it, it's the thing it's the thing with AEW that for me it's just like they have like unlimited potential and it's just so sporadic all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's just like I can't keep track of anything that's going on and it's lack of focus. And I'm just thinking of there's all these great matches that could potentially be happening but it's just, it's all over the place. Like, I, I was thinking the other day when I'm watching, like, the Pinnacle. I mean, what really keeps them together as a group? Sean Spears doesn't do anything. And I'd love him to because I, I think he's a great talent. FTR is on, every, like, once a month. Uh, you know, Wardlow, yeah, he's, he's, they're figuring him in as far as a turn goes on MJF. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, it. it does the group really do anything besides that? Are they recognized as a group? Do they have a common theme going? No. 
So it's like that that's mm-hmm. one example I was thinking of the other day. Like, does it really matter if they're a group on TV? I don't think so. It's just a lack of focus. That's all. But it's kind of like the I kind of like what they're doing with the inner circle. Like they were stagnant, you know. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, you know, Sammy Guevara saying, "Okay, do you guys figure this out? I'm out." You know. Then you have uh, Santino, uh, Santana and Ortiz, you know, taking on Hager and, and you know Jericho. Inner circle's done, and and now you're getting Eddie Kingston involved. That's the type of storytelling I like. That part of AEW where. It's, it it kind of reminds me of the Raven effect in ECW. You know, it was all started with Raven and Tommy Dreamer. Then all of a sudden the Dubbies, Stevie Richards, Sandman, Sandman. Like, yeah. like like the Blue Meanie. All of a sudden you're you're incorporating lots more layers. You know, if AEW could start doing that type of storytelling. Like they kind of are starting with, you know, Jericho and Kingston now. And it, I could get more involved with it. And, and I'm not putting down their product at all. It's just you got to get the people invested to want to watch each week, twice a week for four hours. Sure. I get you that. Well, the so. thing is, one of the things with Rampage, it's I can never find it on TV up here. It's on very rarely can you what, find T- it. TNT, TBS, I think. TBS at ten o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. So I know unless it's something fairly new, I can never find it at all. So we're gonna be different times every week, so that doesn't help none either with your ratings when you know we can't get it up here in Canada. So last topic I want to talk about Undertaker finally getting the nod and inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. I want your guys' opinions. Should he be in a class? Oh, Jersey Devil, you son of a bitch. I, I, I was just getting ready to sit there and say this, and Jersey Devil's got to steal my thunder. Should uh, the Undertaker be the sole induction to this year's WWE Hall of Fame class? So, but we are going to not start with you. Good. Dong, we're going to start with you. What are your thoughts on them inducting Taker this year? Uh, it's in Texas. Should he be the only induction this year? Kind of like they gave the nod to Andre when he was inducted. Uh, Andre, I think that was when the Hall of Fame was just kind of like a very loose thing that was happening, yes. right? Like. Correct. 94, 95 around there. So, in that sense with Andre, I can kind of understand it wasn't really a thing back then. There was no ceremony and all that. These days, uh, they always have a class. Um, that's not to say Undertaker doesn't stand above probably all the people that are going to be inducted. But, at the same time, I mean, did you have someone like Bret Hart by himself? No. And that guy, and he's, he's a fucking legend, right? Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they should have him by himself, even though he's, man, he was with WWE from like 1990 to like 
2020, I guess. Mm-hmm. Great career. Like, just instrumental to the company, especially through the really lean years when they were just going down the toilet as far as losing money all the time. He stuck with them. All that stuff, you really have to commend the guy, and he does stand on his own as one of the all-time greats. Uh, but, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't want to think that he's above anybody as far as like, okay, well, we can have him, but anybody we thought about putting in, we can wait till next year. It's a perfect spot to do it uh, in Texas because that's mm-hmm. his home. And we all knew that when he finally was riding off in the sunset, that WrestleMania coming up after that would be his send off. This is it. So we've, come to terms that it all lined up pretty much how we thought it would be. And I I just, as far as being the sole inductor induction, um, I really, I just kind of want to go to what I was saying, you know, he, he just, he needs to be looked at with a class, but he does stand on his own in a lot of ways, but don't degrade the rest of the people that are going, that could be going in by saying, you know what, screw you guys this year. We're just putting the one guy in. They can do it. It's their fucking company. They can do whatever they want, right? They they very well could do that. I just don't think it's going to happen. That's all. Yeah, I'm just... Uh, I, I see what you're saying about, you know... Right. Because, because, of course, you got to look at the ambiance of WrestleMania, Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Who's going to pay to see... Just Undertaker be inducted. A lot would, but I don't think as much as a variety. Yeah. Uh, so, man, Jersey Devil, you keep sitting there and writing stuff that I'm getting ready to talk about. I'm going to get you in here just to help you co-host so I can just sit back and as do well. nothing. But, uh, <laughs> man, so do you sit there and build it around the Undertaker, though? You know, you could sit there and and was is Kane inducted yet? Nope. Uh, you, you I don't think Kane, so. You can get Kane in, Kane in there. You know, who 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 do you have? The obvious choice would have been Paul Bearer. Who's going to induct them? Do you have Kane? Well, is you Paul know? Bearer in the Hall of Fame? Paul is yes. Oh, okay. He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His uh, his sons inducted him in. Okay. But you know, do you sit there and, and have Kane induct him? Uh, you know, million dollar man because he's the one that brought him uh, in. Uh, what about Mick Foley? What about I was gonna say Mick Foley? You know that he's has one of the one of his most famous ones. Do you have some Sean? people even said Vince? V- Vince, since they had the, the that bond. I don't you think know? it would happen, but I mean, like that would probably be almost like the obvious choice in a lot of ways. But I don't, I can't see Vince ever doing it, especially since he doesn't like getting attention. Like if if you mention him during your Hall of Fame induction, he gets fucking pissed. Yeah, apparently. So, so you know, you, is this? Uh, I can't wait to see who's going to induct him. Uh, yeah. What about induct some of the people? That he's beaten at WrestleMania that haven't quite made it yet. Sid. Mm. Uh, 
Was the uh, boss man there yet? He made it in, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so the I just can't kind of can't wait to see what ex- they they got to have some big plan for him though. You know, I wouldn't have it to where it's Undertaker and the other inductees are people he's beaten because that just minimizes them too much. I think that you're only getting in because the Undertaker beat you at WrestleMania or something like that. I don't think that's cool. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go for that. Right? He's definitely going to be your headliner. I mean that that's mm-hmm. a no brainer. I mean there's no. There's not even any kind of negotiation. Anybody that doesn't agree with that's a fool. He's definitely your headliner, but you still got to have it be a class of you no know, 2022. Just you have to do it. You know, just like they always do. With like you know the builders category and all that stuff, you still gotta go ahead with that. I don't think it should be a sole thing, and I don't think you should completely build it around just him, Melissa. I don't. That just doesn't do other people justice. There's too many people that deserve to get in, that won't get in because of that, or if they do get in. You can be like, you know, yeah, you got, you know, I'm the class of 2022. Oh, it wasn't just The Undertaker? Or you only got in because you wrestled The Undertaker or something like that. I don't think that's, I don't think that's proper. I don't like that. Yeah, uh, they try not to sit there and have it be around one person. But there's always that, always one or two people in each class that, like, I can remember when Hogan went in. I remember Hogan. I remember Piper. I don't remember anybody else in that class. Yeah. Uh, well, you know. it's always going to be like that. It's like that with baseball. It's like that with hockey, football, basketball, whatever. There's always going to be that. But you don't want it to just be everything revolved around one guy and all you other people are irrelevant. You're just, you know, throw-ins. I don't think that's fair. Why not, why not just do it like um... – Okay, we have Undertaker. Why don't we put one of those people in that's been talked about for a long time? Why don't we put Invader in the same class? You know, there's someone who really earned his keep and who was a phenomenal wrestler. And, you know, like, maybe not in the same class, but, like, looking down the road, Bam Bam Bigelow. Guys like that. I I even think... I don't think it'll probably ever happen, but I think... Someone like Tommy Dreamer, put him in. Uh, I always thought they should have like they have a celebrity wing. Yeah, ECW contributed just as much to the Attitude Era as any other. Yeah. Uh, So you're gonna have a WCW wing too? Do ECW have a WCW wing? But but most of the WCW people, like are are like all their top people are in the Hall of Fame right now. I'm I'm looking at it more from the fact that like, just just for myself because I'm a big Tommy Dreamer fan, but the amount that he put into ECW, he was as much a part of ECW as Paul Heyman was. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot and, of people also ignore Todd Gordon, but you know that's another story for another day. But uh, in the later years, if it wasn't for Tommy Dreamer, do you think that company would be going as well as it did, or even? Half as well as it was, 
it would probably have faltered because he was the backbone. He was the heart. And well, if heck, they don't put him in at some point, I would think that's a travesty, but that's me. And, well, Jerry even sat down and said there were points where Tommy wouldn't take a paycheck. Right. And right. Just, to, just to keep afloat. And yep. at, towards the end, Tommy was the one running the, 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 uh, all the house shows. Yeah, he was the lifeblood. Paul wasn't there. No. You know? So I think, you know, somebody like Tommy deserves. I think if you're talking about just strictly wrestling, uh, Raven would have to be inducted at some point. He'll never get in, though, because I think he has a lawsuit, an open lawsuit against them. So I don't think that would ever happen. He's said that a couple of times that he has said enough stuff about the company that it would never happen. I'd love to see it, but I don't think it would ever happen. But, you know. So, hey, I, I, I know by talking to Sabu, Sabu said, hey, if the payday's right, he'll get inducted. Well, yeah, I mean, look at look at what he's contributed to the industry and how he's destroyed his body and how he influenced God knows how many wrestlers through the years, especially just through his hard work and everything. I mean, he's, he's controversial in a lot of ways, but man, if you can't deny that he's not led a legendary career i mean like i don't know where you're looking it, but, well, but even when he was on the podcast he sat there and said that you know jeff asked about using some of sabu's trademark moves you know the uh jumping off the back to like the the hardy boys you know thing that we all know that hardy boys does sabu did it first you know yep. but off but off a chair you know th- there's so many things that sabu helped influence in today's wrestling that people don't even know about you know yeah you're right so but i think we all we all agree it's great takers in the hall of fame we all knew this was going to happen after he hung up the boots and now it's just fun to see who gets to be a part of that with him so oh man i would love to have the Midnight Express. Midnight Express. In the Hall oh. of Fame. Yeah, don't even get me started on that. That would be amazing. Is the Rock and Roll Express in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, they made it in. But if you well, had they, if you had the Midnights had, in there and Cornette, like I don't know if they if they want to have Cornette in there right now, but you never know. But but, but why wouldn't Cornette was there at, like me personally? Yeah, he but he's so controversial. During, you're so controversial, but, but so was you have Hogan in. He was controversial. Flair's in. He's controversial. Yeah, but Cornette takes like open shots every single week at the product. And he doesn't care because he has nothing to lose. So, yeah, you could put him in there. But it's like whether they have their feelings hurt enough or not. Like, who knows, right? But but who hasn't sit there and Pritchard took shots. I know. And he got rehired how many times, you know? You, yeah. you gotta sit. The, 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 you, you have to take stuff aside, personal vendettas, and look at the. That's what a Hall of Fame to me is. Look at yep. the body of work that they do, and what they did to help WWE and wrestling as a whole yep. be what it is today. You know, what I, I mean? don't disagree at all. I don't disagree. So, but Dong. I'm glad you guys were able to sit there and join me on this all-Canadian show with 
Well, you know, two thirds. No, no. PCO was my other guest. Well, you. You're not Canadian. I, I thought I was You're not that lucky. No. Oh, yeah. Okay. My, well, my health care, I have to pay myself. <laughs> so. But, uh, okay. But, Liam, any uh, any final thoughts? We're going to go butt first before we wrap things up. Yeah, not really any final thoughts. Um, yeah, I guess I really don't have much to say. Have okay. a good night. Don't be a scumbag. There you go. Well, wait a minute here, but I'm, we're missing something in your background. There's no red zone. Oh, yeah, buddy. It's right there. That's – it is? That's the red oh, zone, wow. buddy. It looks orange to me. No, it's red. The walls are orange. This, wow. this big thing, that's a wall. That's orange. Well, I, 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 get, I get some colorblind over these past uh, couple weeks. <laughs> Could be. So – Nobody ended up in the red zone tonight. That's no, very but, rare. Maybe, maybe we should sit there and just make this a thing now. Maybe I should take over for a month or so. <laughs> I'm less angry, so I mean that's I haven't freaked out. So, so Dong, any final thoughts on uh, on you or in you or? Uh, I mean, I'll just throw out some plugs, I guess. Uh... Just quickly, um, my YouTube channel is, uh, I've been putting a lot of different stuff up there. Uh, a lot of variety as far as wrestling content. So uh, if you guys would like to watch uh, anything I got up there, go to Savage Liam on Twitter and look at my link tree. And you'll find my YouTube link on there. Any other links for any of my other stuff you'd like to look at? And uh, I'd like to say hi to that uh, that special lady. She's watching Ooh. right now. So. Oh, is she? Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. It, 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 has she figured out the chat yet? She was in it, I think, a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah. I don't know if she's on right now. She's watching. I don't know if she's actually in the chat. So, oh. who knows? Love is in the air. I don't know if i go that far. but So, yeah. hey. I want to sit there and thank you guys for coming on. Uh, you know, the pleasure was all yours. And, well, I want to sit there and say, guys, head on over to twitch.tv forward slash hey, hey, there we go. Yeah, yeah there she is. Is, it, is that really her? That's her. Okay, I can't say nothing because I might get myself in trouble. <laughs> but, uh, Anyways, uh, you were head saying over to twitch.tv forward slash FRM pod, smash that follow button. Make sure you sit there and give us a like. Subscribe if you want. If not, if you don't want to hit us up every week live, you want to hit back the Rolodex of our great guests on FSN, FRM. You want to hit, hit up Six Degrees of Written Renegades and Call to Beardo. Head on over to our YouTube page that is done by the great Liam Savage. And hit a little subscribe over there. Make sure you check us out. Comment on your favorite videos. You know, uh, one of my personal favorites is definitely the three-year anniversary show. You know, we we, we got to do a little thank you for Mikey and Jerry. And guys, if you want to get some merchandise, head on over to... 
been way too brainbustertees.com and put front row material in the search yes yes thanks liam that's the easiest way to do it there you go so yeah you have all our we have hoodies we got zip-ups we got beanies we got stickers we got masks we got it all head on over there and get yourself a shirt hoodie uh renegade got himself a great six degrees of written renegade hoodie and it looks fantastic he said he said it feels amazing so it made it two or three times through the washer and no uh no deterioration so i'm glad to hear that so guys i want to thank you again thanks for everybody that was in the chat uh debbie ecw fan jersey devil i am Dwayne. let's see who else book was in here oh, yeah. so, travis bohab was in travis bohab was here thank you guys for all being in the chat like you are every week i am the writ that is the butt and that's dong wong and guys we will see you next time on Front Row Material. The world of MLW Radio never stops.